course, as I move things, hello and welcome, Just a Family. This is giving you something to talk about. We're just a live TV, as I like to call it. I'm your host, Melissa Kretschler. I'm an identity coach, spiritual teacher, business mentor, creator, and founder of not only Just a Live TV, but also the Women Supporting Women Can Network, where you can join our membership platform to get insight, to share value, to learn and build connections um, in a private and safe location. So we are doing that. Uh, today's episode has been sponsored by Phoenix Identity. Um, they are offering you their five-day challenge that is happening July 11th, for the week of July 11th. You can get in on their five-day challenge. It is totally free. There is a VIP option, but the challenge itself is totally free. Going over, it's called the Empowered Women Empowered Warrior Women's Challenge, all about how you are giving away your power and how you can start taking it back. So that is what's going on. That link is in the description. Today's episode is going to be powerful and crazy, and I am so beyond excited for this episode. We are going to be talking about the broken child welfare system, um, foster care, adoption, mental health, all of the things that should be there for our children, because our children is, are our future, and well, we're not treating it as such. So I'm going to get into that shortly with my co-host. Hannah Johnson. Hannah, would you like to introduce yourself? Sorry, I yeah. just brain fired. No, Absolutely. Um, my name is Hannah Johnson, like she said. Um, I am a spiritual coach and I do a, a lot of work around inner child trauma healing. So this is definitely something I'm looking forward to. Uh, yeah, there's a a lot to talk about around this situation. There <laughs> is. Um, I'd love to start with my own situations in the last couple weeks actually that I've noticed with my own children with the world in general um mm -hmm. and my own experiences so for anybody watching catching the replay please go like follow and share the show you can find us at just a live tv if you'd like to be a guest speaker on the show message me uh and if you want to see a topic featured or if you want to learn more about the topics that we are talking about today if you want more definition if you want more detail or if you want one of the topics that we speak to about today to be a featured topic, please absolutely reach out and let us know. All right, so yeah, <laughs> broken child care welfare systems. Um, it's a mouthful. There are so many things, in my own personal opinion, there are so many things going on in the world today and I honestly don't think any of them are truly for the benefit of our children. I think we are just trying to fight and we're not actually doing what's best for the children. And that I'd love to highlight today. So one of the things that I want to talk about is a situation that I recently had with um, a friend of one of my kids. And this friend was having is in the foster care system. I'm in Canada. Um, I know that it's pretty much the same wherever you go with foster care system, but this child is having a lot of mental health issues, very depressed, very unhappy, um, struggling with their foster parents to the point where they are in fear. And when I read that, it was, what do I do, right? What do I do? And so I do know a social worker. It's actually my best friend's uh, mother. So I messaged her and I said, what do I do? And she said, call. And my problem is, is that I've been on the other end of um, child, child welfare. So CFS, CPS, um, Child Protective Services, whatever you wanna call it, um, child and family safety, child and family welfare. Um, I've been on the other side of that. I myself was in the foster care system for um, a short period of time. And I've also had them called on me um, due to a miscommunication with one of my children. And having that call made was horrifying for, for my family. We had nothing to hide. We had nothing to, there was nothing going on. Right. Um, but at the same time, one of my children was being very manipulative at that point and saying things to get attention that he shouldn't have been saying. And that got us, you know, in trouble. We didn't actually get in trouble, but it started that process. And from anybody who's been through down that road, that process is lengthy. Um, and you have to jump through hoops. And to make an accusation um, in any situation 
is detrimental to the child. Now, there are situations that we face that, you know, if you put it out there that you're scared as a child, right? If a child says I'm scared and I'm, and I'm terrified, you know, my gut instinct as a mother last night was to call and make a report, you know, an anonymous tip saying, hey, this kid is, you know, being emotionally abused. But as I continued and asked a couple more questions, it became apparent that the child is struggling themselves and acting out. And again, that comes down to mental health. For me, for me, everything comes down to mental health. And mm -hmm. we don't have enough support systems for mental health. Not, not just for foster care, any child, right? We did a, we did a children's mental health before. Um, <clears throat> but in the foster care system, this child didn't even know who his social worker is. And that's hard. That's, that's tough. Absolutely. I've been on that end um, as my, I was also a foster child for many years. Uh, and I can definitely relate to that child. And then it's, it's difficult because the parents, the foster parents have a really hard time. They don't understand. They don't understand what to do. And they see it more as a problematic child instead of, you know, seeing their trauma for what it really is. And that's so hard. I've definitely been on also the other end where CPS was also called on me as well. And it was all a miscommunication, um, manipulative um, X actually. So it was just, it's been um, crazy <laughs> and, and not like, I don't know, it takes, it takes so long for any information to come to you about anything. And then half the time, I feel like I'm left in the dark about everything when, when anything happens. So yeah, I can. That poor child, <laughs> I could definitely feel for that. Yep, um, we have a comment. Totally agree, not enough help out there for mental health and the foster care system is not a good system. You know what, I think in, in retrospect, the foster care system could be good. It absolutely could, could be. be, but there isn't, one, it's overworked. Two, there's children in there who don't need to be in there. Three, yes. there are, right, I'm in Canada, and I know that there are children taken left, right, and center from their families when maybe they shouldn't be. Um, then there's issues, we had issues in Canada a few years ago of a little girl who was taken from her family, um, rightfully so, at that point, was um, given back and ended up not making it. And then on the flip side, we also had another young girl who was taken away from her family, not rightfully so, and ended up, you know, passing in foster care. And it's not, there, there's so much back and forth with it. But I think my biggest thing, and, and I'm going to jump right into it. You look at Roe versus Wade and the overturning of the Supreme Court decision. All of these situations are, hey, it's for the children, it's for the children, it's for the children, but it's not actually for the children. Foster right. care is supposed to be for the children. It's not for the children, right? We're not making them the focus. When we talk about <clears throat> adoption, it's not for the children, it's for the parents, yeah. right? It's for the people who say, I want a child, I want a child, they're adopting a child. I watched a news report on American, and again, I'm Canadian, but I watched a news report on American adoption, and it states that you can actually adopt a child and give that child away. It's yes. like adopting an animal. Yes. That, yes, that's I not know. for kids, right? I know. I actually went through something like that. Um, I was adopted by a family, um, and he actually was sexually abusing me for three years and I finally had spoken out about it. Um, he was found not guilty and I was considered the, you know, a liar. And then they put me back in foster care and my brother and sister were still living in that home. So, and they stayed and they were there forever. They grew up through there and yeah, it's not, it's not pretty. It's not, they just don't have a lot of balance in anything really. It's not for the children at all. I can tell you that 100%. And I know a lot of people in America think that um, most people make tons of money on adopting a child and that's why they do foster care. 
And it's not true at all. Not at all. It's they do it for people think they do it for the money. And I sometimes believe they do it for the money, but you don't get a lot of money. I just want you guys to know that. (laughs) It's like 50 cents an hour. I think my mom and I, my adopted mom and I kind of broke it down and it's like 50 cents an hour to take care of a foster child. So don't do it for the money. (laughs) Yeah. And look how many news reports or television shows that we've seen where people adopt children or foster children just to turn them into, you know, slaves or, you know, menial labor, child labor, whatever you want to call it. There are so many issues with the systems. And again, there's no good for the children. Yes. Okay. There absolutely should be places that children can go where they're safe, where they're healthy, but it's not just the food and physical health. It's the mental health as well. And again, I I constantly come back to the mental health because as a mom with my oldest, I didn't teach him self-expression. I didn't teach him emotional health and well-being. That's why I became a coach because he showed me the way, right? And if anybody wants to see that episode, I did that episode. It's the very first one that we did on the show. And I did it with my 19-year-old son. And you can only find it on Facebook and YouTube. So if you do go back, it is the very first uh, episode we've ever done. So um, he struggled to the point where he would cut. He got into drugs and alcohol. He got into very bad situations. And um, I changed my parenting method because of him. And because of what I noticed and what I saw and around the same time that he was having issues, there were other children that I had met um, through readings and and such such and such. I'm a psychic intuitive medium as well. So I was doing readings on an expo and I had a couple teen girls come to me and by five minutes into the reading, they are bawling. And it was because of the stress and the overwhelm. It doesn't matter if your children are raised in a two parent household with biological parents, with adoptive parents, with foster parents, it doesn't matter. Children need to be taught mental health, coping skills, um, how to express themselves, how to identify their identity and, Mm -hmm. and be able to work through that. People think that kids have it easy and they really don't. Now, (laughs) I don't know what the stats are. I should have probably done the stats before I started the episode, but the poverty rate in in the world so you've got the poverty rate poverty rate of children across the globe you have the you know missing children across the globe you have you know trafficking across the globe you have all of these things right across the globe that affect children and yet and I'm going to go into Roe versus Wade because uh it's one thing that I wanted to mention and it goes hand in hand with this How many children are in foster care? How many children are adopted that it doesn't work out and they're just given to whoever? How many children are, you know, again, foster care, adoption, poverty, right? If we want our children to have all of the advantages, right? And and the ability to have life, right? What is their standard of living? If you see an animal and that animal is suffering, what do you normally do? You euthanize the animal. Now, I am not saying I'm pro-abortion or pro-life or pro-anything. I think that there is a choice. But if you're thinking big picture, right, big picture, there's not enough supports and not enough health care, mental health, financial stability for an influx of even more children. Exactly. You right? are exactly correct. <laughs> you've, you've got, and we're talking about adoption, right? You've got the states where, again, you can adopt and give that child away. I saw a woman post that, you know, if you end up pregnant, I'll adopt your child. And if not, I'll find somebody who, who would be a good fit for you. And I thought, okay, but that doesn't protect the child. No right? Not at all. It doesn't. And in an economic standpoint, standpoint, right? We are, everything is going through inflation. Everything mm-hmm. is going to higher numbers, higher costs, healthcare, food, gas, transportation, everything's yeah. rising, but our, our like 
the money we make. So our income isn't rising, but our cost of living is rising, right? How do you expect people who were middle class, who are now poverty class, to support more children, right? You've got the states. Canada, we have free healthcare. For the most part, we have free healthcare, right? You still have to pay for your prescriptions if you don't have benefits, all of that. But procedures are free. We have, for the most part, free healthcare. And even still, the poverty rates, Mm -hmm. right? Even still, we have homeless. We have women and children, men who are in homeless shelters. We Mm -hmm. have, you know, children galore in the foster care system and the adoption system. It just, economically, it's just, it's it's not a good idea. Doesn't make any sense at all, especially when we we know we're overpopulated as a as a as a world as an entire earth we are overpopulated. So these these things there's uh, it it brings me back to what are the other agendas that are coming behind these things that you know that are coming now when Roe versus Wade was just the beginning, and that's what I'm. I'm really looking forward to the future in one of two ways, spiritually, very much looking forward to the future. Um, uh, But I know that things have to collapse (laughs) before they can be rebuilt. And that's the part we're going through now. Um, It's, I, what was I going to say? There was a post that I saw the other day, um, actually right after Roe versus Wade was announced that there were 400,000 um children in foster care right now and that is overwhelming like that is overwhelming there aren't even enough there okay so most people want children when they're babies they want to adopt a baby they don't want to adopt any you know any child that's older than a certain age and most of those children are probably teenagers i would say and i'm telling you right now that they're not getting the mental health that they need that the coping they have no coping skills and that's why things turn into you know our karmic lessons of getting our getting ourselves in trouble I used to steal things I used to steal things when I was a child my anger was so bad I would punch holes in the walls and you know and people couldn't handle me because of how emotional I was and we have to look at a child as a whole like a, a whole person okay they're they're they have all of the same emotions that an adult does in a body that's this big <laughs> and doesn't know how to express themselves, period. So it comes out like terrible twos. And that's what happens, you know, and if we don't develop that over, if we're stuck in our. Oh, you're muted. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So if we're stuck in our survival mode, okay, there we go. Sorry. <laughs> I thought it was on airplane mode. Um, if we're stuck in survival mode, we have no chances of getting ourselves to a place of comfort and ease and being able to work on our mental health and coping skills. It, it, it took me 25 years to even realize I had trauma. I thought my life was just normal. Like I thought going through relationship after relationship was normal. I thought my, you know, sexual stuff was normal and it's not, it never was. And it created more trauma as an adult. And then having to reparent that and go backwards, it's way more difficult than if we were just to start at the beginning and parent them the way they need to be. And I mean, mentor them, parent them, whatever, whatever role you play, but building those building those blocks of learning how to emotionally deal with your trauma your poverty even poverty is an emotional tie there's there's things to it that are generational that we'd have to break as well not only that but let's go let's dig into foster care and and Mm -hmm. adoption pretty quickly or not pretty quickly but that's the topic of today um in the foster care system not even let's backtrack for a second if you have my children for example right Mm -hmm. my two youngest children are mine and my husband's my two older ones one's my Mm -hmm. husband's one's mine right so we have two previous and then two together now you take the two together 
they're being in a raise, they're being raised in a home with mom and dad, their biological mother and father, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has issues, right? Families have issues. There's ups and downs. There's things that come in. There's, you know, losing a pet, financial insecurity, moving, whatever that looks like, your kids are dealing with that. Now, our children, regardless of whether they're every one of us, and I'm not even going to say our children, every single one of us from the day we're born, we're constantly learning. We're constantly trying to figure out who we are, what we're capable of, what, you know, we're going through hella traumatic times because mm-hmm. our most traumatic moments or our usually our most traumatic and stressful time is childhood because we don't know who we are. We don't know how to cope. We don't know how to process that we learn as we age. Now, if us as parents aren't teaching our children how to do that, right, and opening up those lines of communication, making sure that they have the focus that they need, and I'm not talking all the time, my children know that they can come to me with anything, right? Mm -hmm. I have made it since my oldest, I have made it, and even my oldest does this now. I am the mom they come to when they're having problems. It doesn't matter what it's about. It can be about sex, it can be about drugs, it can be about relationships I don't care they can come to me with anything and they're no I'm not going to judge them they know I have their back they know that you know if they've done something wrong I'm gonna call them out on it I'm still gonna love them but I will call them out on it and I will teach them instead of yelling at them and getting mad at them all the time I will teach them how to be better right yes yes how hard even us as adults, how hard is it for a child even to go up to our biological parents and tell them when we're having an issue or express our emotions because we don't understand them, right? We bottle it inside. Children do that. Now, if you have a child who, is, who has been adopted and they know they've been adopted, right? Because maybe it's different. Mm-hmm. You don't usually know. But foster care and adoption one, they're already super traumatized because yes. one, they're in the foster care system or the adoption system because they kind of go hand in hand. Two, they don't know you. Nope. That Three, was the hardest part. They don't trust you because the people they were supposed to trust have now broken that trust. Yes. And that's on repeat, right? As kids, we automatically give our trust to our parents, to our peers. We automatically give trust. We are unfiltered, right? Mm -hmm. As we lose that trust going through the foster care system, you're not going to open up at all. You're not going to talk to anybody. You're not going to express yourself. Never mind the fact that you've never been taught how. You don't know who you are. You're a number. You are just another kid these people have taken in. That's the thought process that goes through these kids' heads. And then it's, do I trust you or do I trust my my peers? Do I trust, who do I trust? They have nobody to trust because their entire, if you are, say, an adult, okay? If you're an adult and say your house goes up in flames, God forbid, but say your house goes up in flames, you've now been displaced. The one place you thought you were safe is now gone. The trauma you feel from that, right? If you've been victimized in your home, the trauma you feel from that. Imagine that for a kid who has no idea how to process. Absolutely. It is understandable that these kids, that, that that our future acts out. It is understandable because we're not giving them the tools. We're not giving them the space. We're not giving them the individuality or the judgment-free, unconditional love to just be themselves. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Um, I can remember the day that I got taken away from my mother. I remember that day like it was yesterday. I will never forget that. That was extremely traumatic. And Mm -hmm. then all I wanted the entire time, I remember thinking, I just want to go back home. I just want to go back home. And even if it, my home was not, not perfect, my mother was my comfort and my safety. And it is absolutely 
<laughs> terrible um, going through those those shifts and changes and emotions. And as these, you know, children grow up without having any of these skills or even feeling wanted, the, the feeling of abandonment is it 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 gave I had a diagnosis of what is it um, a reactive attachment disorder. I would cling on to someone so quickly because I didn't have any love or any support or any um, stable foundations in my life. I was in codependent relationships my entire life because I never learned stability. I was in 10 different foster homes, I believe, before I was adopted. And then after I was in two more and then was adopted again. And that is that that's a, those, those shifts are insane. Um, uh, you definitely don't trust the people that you're with ever. Yeah. Um, you don't even trust yourself. You don't even know what's real and what isn't, especially as a child and you're going through it. And I, I, my memories from then are choppy, like all the different places I've gone, but there were homes that were beautiful and perfect. Like the first home ever I was in was amazing. And after that, it was slowly on a decline. <laughs> Um, and it turns into, it can turn into some seriously hellish nightmares, nightmares. Um, and you can come out more traumatized than when you went in. It's so, and, and I did go through counseling. I did go through counseling when I went through the foster system. It was part of um, CPS's uh, arrangements, you know, with how you go through foster care and things. Um, and I'm telling you, it didn't, it did nothing for me because it wasn't being implemented correctly. I was, I learned to manipulate my counselor into making me think that I was fine and I got to not go anymore because I learned the tactic of manipulation along this whole, you know, and it, it, it can turn, I don't, I hate to use the narcissist word, but it turns those narcissist tendencies up a whole bunch when you're constantly making sure you're going to live as a child. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, our, our worst traits, right. Our narcissistic tendencies, because we all have them. All of us have them. Um, our limiting beliefs our you know, ability to be cruel and mean. And, you know, those are self-preservation. You look at bullies, 90% of bullies are traumatized, right? And people don't see that. People don't understand that, that ideology. And don't get me wrong, counseling is great. And for a lot of people, counseling can work. And mm -hmm. psychology can work and psychiatry can work. All of these things can work. I have a different thought process and a different way of thinking. And every one of my clients that I've worked with has, excuse me, has been in counseling yes. and they'll go through years of counseling. And when I get to them and we start working together, my techniques that I use in, in, in my coaching practice changes it there. It's not just teaching them coping skills. Obviously I do. I teach coping skills, I, emotional health and well-being. But I don't just, it's not just the coping skills where counseling is like a surface level problem, mm -hmm. right? It's like you're treating the symptoms. You're not mm -hmm. actually changing the, the, what's causing those symptoms, yes. right? You're not changing the core. And I'm, and I'm a core worker, right? Yes. It's again, I work in tandem. So I don't, you know, it's not a, I, I'm not against those, but I think that the mental health system is outdated. Right. Yes. And I go up to people and I'm like, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. This needs to be put in place. And they're like, who are you? Do you have your degree? Do you have, you know, are you a, a psychologist? And I'm like, no, I'm freaking Freud and Einstein before they became Freud and Einstein. I'm the genius. Right that has the idea that you're eventually going to use, right? Mm -hmm. Because I understand and I get it. Absolutely. And there is a huge shift. And, and I love how you expressed yeah. that, you know, we have to crash and burn before we get there. My entire mm -hmm. company, one of my companies is called the Phoenix Identity because we burn it all to the ground, right? 
I take you through that Phoenix journey. Now, if you're a human design chart follower, I am a sleeping Phoenix. That is, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, my time's coming. You're going to hear what I have to say very quickly because in, I believe it's 2027 is when we're supposed to shift into the the shifting Phoenix or the the sleeping Phoenix. And that's when, and if, if you guys want to hear it, that's, uh, there is an episode where I did my own human design chart. Somebody did it for me. So um, I actually watched part of that one. Mm-hmm. I was so interested. I was like, like I just oh my God. My <laughs> <laughs> but talking about this is everybody, everybody wants to make a difference, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to make a difference. They want their voice being heard. They want to fight for a cause that they believe in. They want to identify and express their passions in a positive and healthy way. We're not doing that as a society anymore. Mm-hmm. Society is tearing itself to shreds. You've got yes. the feminist movement, is, which is not about equality, but instead domination. You have Roe versus Wade, which is taking away a woman's choice to procreate or not. And yet we're putting more strain on our economics on our livelihoods, on our, you know, inflation is going high. We've got, you know, the war between Ukraine and Russia. We have all of these things going on in the world. I mentioned to my husband and sad, uh, we were, we were on our way uh, out yesterday. And I said to him, I was, I was driving, I was in the, I was in the backseat and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, and, and I, my brain processes differently. So I just random thoughts, random laces. So um, it's like I'm in the shower 24-7. You know how you get all those random thoughts? In the shower. Yes. I like that all the time. I can do that so, all the time. <laughs> we're driving and I was thinking, again, I was thinking of Roe versus Wade. And I was like, you think of human trafficking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I apologize if this happens because guaranteed it's going to happen and it's going to suck. But you think about human trafficking, right? Yes. You now have girls, women who are being trafficked. Their handlers aren't going to want them pregnant. So this this will go one of two ways. You have human traffickers, right? Mm-hmm. Their cattle are going mm-hmm. to get pregnant right? The women that they're abusing and that they're, they're selling are going to get pregnant. If they do get pregnant, one of two things is going to happen. If they're not capable of going and getting a safe abortion, they're going to do it themselves. Yes. Or that's one side. The second side is they will allow them to have no children. And then you have trafficked children having traffic children. Yes. Where those babies will end up on the black market. Yes. It's already happening. Yes, of course. But it's going to be a huge, large scale. Nobody cares that that's gonna happen. And and, uh, like, I'm tearing up because it's absolutely disgusting that that's gonna happen. I'm not saying I am pro-choice or pro-life. I am saying people are not thinking about the ramifications of those choices. Children are going to suffer more than they ever have. Families are going to suffer more than they ever have. There is going to be unnecessary and undue strain across the globe. Yes. And they don't see it. No, they don't. And then it will eventually lead to, you can't get contraceptives anymore. Um, Then, you know, you can't, it'll move into same-sex marriage again, I'm sure. It'll move into, you know, all these laws where they'll feel like they didn't hold us accountable. (laughs) And uh, really it's holding themselves accountable. They can't ever do that, the government. Um, And they all, and I, I I always wonder what's happening on the other side too. Like with all of this in the media and all of this blowing in our face, what else is happening that we don't know about, you know, like what is happening out here? I can't even keep anything straight anymore. And I don't even watch the news. If I'm being a hundred percent honest, I can't, 
it hurts like my physical body all the way energetically I'm just drained if I do I don't want to live in fear so I don't but just from the tidbits that I hear I'm like what the hell is happening what is happening I another thing that I'd love to go into is our children are struggling and they're suffering whether and and again fosters fosters foster kids adopted kids you know two parent one parent blended families it doesn't matter our kids are suffering and you look at the amount of school shootings, mm-hmm. they're done by children. Yes. Now, if you're 25 and under, you're still a child. I mean, you're still a child. Now, yes, if we're absolutely. not focusing on mental health, right? You mm-hmm. have vulnerable children, absolutely and utterly vulnerable children who don't know who they are, who don't know where they fit in, who are struggling with their mental health, are struggling with their emotions and their coping skills, who have anger issues because they don't know how to process and control. Mm-hmm. We are, and, and again, I went to the feminist movement and I, I didn't end that thought as <laughs> I went off on a tangent, but you've got the feminist movement. You've got Roe versus Wade. You've got um, equality. You've got political. You've got LGBTQ plus communities. You've got now indigenous, every child matters. You've got all of these different battles going on in the background, right? All of right. these different battles. Then you have the actual war. Yes. The physical war that's happening in Ukraine and Russia. All our children, you've got racism, you've got, you know, uh, homophobia, you've got all of these horrible thought processes going through the world. That's all we're broadcasting. That's all we're talking about. Everybody's fighting because nobody knows how to agree to disagree. Our children are seeing that. What do you think Mm -hmm. that's telling our children? Every person in this world has a right to their identity has a right to their individuality, has a right to express themselves however they see fit as long as they are not hurting or harming another human being. Exactly. Exactly. So whether whether you're a Trump or Biden, whether you are Trudeau or conservative, whether you are pot or not, whether you are abortion or pro-life, I don't care. Right. None of your beliefs impact my life because your beliefs don't physically impact me if i disagree that's on me right yes but everything you've got cancel culture you've got the positivity movement you've got all of this drama going on in the world where we're all fighting over nothing if we just agreed to disagree we wouldn't have to fight right we yes, can love and it, accept each other yeah it's that it's there they've been trying to keep us divided for such a very long time a very very long time the government they want us divided because if we're together we're way too powerful and i've been seeing it since i mean for obviously slavery has we are probably in the worst slavery time now than we ever have been ever ever i mean it just doesn't look like it it just doesn't look like it, but we, as our uh, a society as a whole, as all Americans, as I mean Canadians, anybody, we we have to work for someone, right? So that that in itself is slavery. We are being paid for our time, yes, but are we getting paid enough? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, and that to me, it it breaks it down to the point where I don't want to participate in society. I don't want to participate in anything that's going on. I don't want my kids to be raised in anything that is going on right now. A friend of mine won't even have children. She would love to have children, but she doesn't want them to be raised here. She does not want them to be on this earth when all we do is keep breaking everything down. We break it down and we try to build it on the same principles we had before and it never works. So right now history is taking that big giant karma leap right now and it's going to break down it will break down it's going to be a freaking disaster it's going to be a disaster 
but, but it doesn't it will have build to up. be directly. It doesn't, correct. But most of the people that have no idea what's coming, that's that's gonna be the freak out. That's you know, we're we are very in tune, you and I, with you know, ourselves and the universe and energy, and we know that it's gonna be okay. But there are a lot of people who are not that conscious of anything, and it's gonna throw them for a loop. It's gonna yeah. be another major depression and we're not even going to know what to do with ourselves. I have a challenge for the world. And, yeah. and this goes hand in hand with our topic, but it also goes hand in hand with what we're talking about here right now. If all of us, if you think about how powerful we are. We're all fighting, right? We're all fighting for different things. Whether that's equality, whether that's acceptance, whether that's unconditional love, judgment-free, whether that's freedom, whether that's, you know, apologies, whatever that looks like, we are all fighting for something. And as an individual person, our voices aren't as heard. But if the entire world decided to come together on common causes, pollution reduction, you know, saving animals, saving children, stopping, you know, tra human trafficking, stopping, you know, the things that are physically harming the world. If we stopped fighting about who can have kids and who can't, if we stopped fighting about, you know, gender, if we stopped, who cares what gender everybody is? You have a kid, you, so you turn around and you get pregnant, you're going to love it, whether it's a boy or a girl, you don't effing care. Like, yeah, okay, you might want a girl. You might want a boy. Who cares? But you're still going to love that child regardless. So who cares what gender it is? When your child grows up and they decide they no longer want to be male or female, who cares? Cool, bud. <laughs> right? Like, you have all, like I said, there are so many causes that we should be fighting for. Deforest, yes. deforest, uh, you know, um, global warming, healthcare, mental health, child welfare, um, stopping human trafficking, right? Drugs, right. alcohol, mm -hmm. all of these mm -hmm. things that we could be focusing on, and yet we're keeping ourselves divided mm -hmm. because more divide means more money means more strife, means yeah. more sales, more inflation, more war. It's all part of that agenda. I'm telling you, it, they, it's, it's a whole, they're just, it's going exactly according to plan for them. And that's the problem. We're not realizing that our voices are much stronger, much, much stronger. Um, and I know that uh, I've, I've heard a few times that this is the rise of the divine, the dark feminine. This is the year of the rise of the dark feminine. And this is totally making sense now. <laughs> like, honestly, everything makes sense. It, it's rolling into, we're, we're moving backwards. We're moving backwards. Mm -hmm. Like that makes absolutely no sense to me. None whatsoever. And I know that there are so many people who believe in the same things so many people who believe the same thing, yet we just, all we do, really what I've been seeing, post about it. <laughs> all we do is post about it. We don't do things about it. We just post about it. And I, I, I saw someone the other day um, posted something about, you know, voting for these things and vote and vote and vote. And I'm, I was talking to my partner and I'm like, you know, I wouldn't even feel comfortable voting to change these laws because do our, do our votes even count? Do they anymore? I don't even know. Like we can't even be active participants in our government issues and things that are going on because we don't know if it's even being taken into consideration or into account well, when it should. We have elected officials who are making the decision for us. And yes. that's wrong. <laughs> it doesn't work anymore. You know, maybe when wrong. we were a smaller government, maybe when exactly. we were a smaller community, constantly you know it's one vote changes everything and I know again that everybody agrees and everybody dis disagrees but to put 
laws in place that are detrimental to humanity right not Human. just an individual right yes. like just humanity in general now let's go back to our topic <laughs> before we go i know i do um, this all the time <laughs> foster care and adoption it there are again right like Think of the mental health, think of the trauma, think of the inability to open up and trust when you've been victimized or when you've been traumatized. Yes. I had, um, I have a uh, close person in my life who worked in children's, in, in the children's hospital. And she saw abused children come in there, broken bones, needing surgery, um, horrific incidents with children. And the moment their parents came in the room, whether they were their abusers or not, those children lit up. Yes. They lit up. Yeah, they do. Because the bond between a parent and a child should be unbreakable. It should be. Mm -hmm. And it's <laughs> it, and it, uh, it should be. And it is. Um, it is even myself with my mother, we have our, we have our issues. <laughs> um, but I remember telling her when I was young that I'm going to find you. I'm going to find you no matter what it takes. I don't care. It took me 10 years, but I found her. And I, it, it took me that long, but I would have, I would have gone with my mom. I don't care. I don't care. I would have gone with her and stayed with her. And I wonder sometimes what my life would be like if I just stayed with her. What would have happened? Would it be different? Would I be less traumatized? Would I be more traumatized? What, you know, what would it have been like? Because honestly, my journey, I feel like I was more traumatized. Go if I would have just stayed, I would have been all right. But I don't know the truth, so I don't, I don't dwell on it too long. Yeah, you can't say you what know. could have happened or what right. would have happened because it did, right? right? And you are better now than no, you were. That Right? Yes, and I have so much more knowledge and wisdom now. Yeah. So. I think for, for any child in the foster care system or the adoption system or any parent looking to get into fostering and adopting, <clears throat> there needs to be things put in place where you understand the mental health of that child. That child is no longer a normal everyday child. And I say normal in quotations because I can't stand right. the word. They aren't your typical child. Children who are in foster care and adoption are struggling with very, very, very heavy mental health concerns. And that doesn't mean that they're broken. It doesn't mean that they're, they're lost. They don't know who to turn to. Their world has been rocked up and down. They have been used and abused, violated and victimized. They have been thrown to the side. They feel like garbage. They feel like nobody cares about them. You need to understand that there, you know, we as parents, I know my children drive me up the barking wall and there are days where I'm just like, oh, I want to send you to boot camp or like boarding school. I told my seven-year-old yesterday, I said, if you don't cut it out, I'm going to send you to boarding school. When you hit 15, you're gone. Uh, I'm not dealing with your, your hormone changes. You're going to be horrible. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have to teach her. Right. And I was laughing and I was joking and she, she knew that. Um, but I have to teach her how to control that because trust me, when she gets to that hormonal stage, the rate she's going, her and mom are going to, her and mom are going to spar. Um, <clears throat> we all get frustrated. Oh yeah. But when you're in a position of power, such as a parent, a foster parent, an adoptive parent, a teacher, we have a higher responsibility to be more aware of our emotions and that it is not that child's fault that we are acting the way that we're acting. It is not their fault that we are feeling the way that we're feeling. When you are hurt, what's your instinct? My trigger is yell. I, I'm a play. yeller. I'm a yeller too. Absolutely. Yep. I'm a, you don't I grew up in the F, F around and find out. That's how I grew mm -hmm. up. F around and found yeah. out. Let's, let's figure out how this is going to go. Right. I was, 
in my opinion. And again, it's subject to perspective. I was raised by a undiagnosed true narcissist, which is very rare. Um, I don't talk to her ever. And I will never again. And I, I am either. <laughs> absolutely. But I found, I found somebody who I call mama, who loves me unconditionally, gives me mm -hmm. all of the emotion, all of the support, all of the understanding that I could have ever asked for a mother. And I told my children, I told my husband yesterday, and I told my 19 year old son today, my 19 year old son and I have had problems. We didn't talk for three years. And it was because he was going through his own mental health stuff. I didn't understand how to communicate with him at that time. Again, I became a coach at that time because I was like, ding, ding, ding. I figured it out. Um, I came, he came over today for lunch and, and I flat out told him, I said, I want to be the mom that you guys bring your friends to when they need help. No, oh, I love that. I want to be the mom that embraces the people in this world who don't have mothers, who don't have that figure to look up to, to talk to, to trust and be there for them. That is the mother. I will be your mama if you need a mama. If you are lonely, if you are sad, if you are struggling with your mental health, and if you are a teen or an early adult, even a preteen and you are struggling and just need somebody to listen and be there for you judgment free reach out because i'm here yes i absolutely in the same way i want my children to have as much expressive expressive freedom as they can and just be who the hell they are be an inner child be your child forever yes grow yes become an adult yes do responsible things but I miss being a child. I never got the opportunity to experience childhood. I was tossed around so much that, you know, I'm, I didn't even get to do that part. And I look back on that constantly. And now I want to introduce more of the childhood things into my adult life because I didn't get to. And it also took me a lot longer to become more stable in my adult life because I was so busy worried about my survival skills and everything that I never got to build anything. And now I'm at a point where I'm building and feeling comfortable and at ease and not angry and not in any pain. Like I'm not holding that pain finally anymore. And it's been incredible. I look at myself, even from about five years ago, when I had my first child, um, my trauma showed up a lot there. When I had her, I was not ready. I was not ready. And it goes back to, you know, goes right back around to that Roe versus Wade. It's, I was not ready to have that baby. I am so glad that I did. She helped me grow and change and become more nurturing and look at myself. Um, Oh, it made me super emotional. Um, I would never take that back, but I know for a fact I was not ready. I was, I would yell at her and take out my anger. And now with my son, it is the complete opposite. I, when he gets angry and yells, he's only, he's not even two, but when he gets angry and yells, you know, I give him that space to let him, let him. Okay. You know, if you, you got to get that out somehow. I don't know. You know, I don't want you to feel conditioned by mom's conditions. <laughs> I want you to be you and we'll work through those emotions. I'm not worried about it right now. Like we'll get there, but my daughter's so tenacious. She's fearless. And I can definitely see where parts of my trauma leaked onto her though. And I have some work to do to help reparent that as we grow together. Um, but don't... <laughs> People expecting people who have trauma to have babies is just, it's not going to work out the way they think it is. It's not going to work out at all. Usually it doesn't, but they are part of our lessons. And yes. like I said, it's, everybody's got to do what they need to do. And I think that needs to be the focus. Now, one of the things that I want to 
mention to, again, foster parents and adoptive parents and any parents, really. One of the biggest lessons that I learned with my own children and being an identity expert, a mindset expert, emotion expert, that all goes hand in hand, mm -hmm. is if my children are unhappy, I validate their, whatever it is that they're feeling, they need that validated. Yes. Now it might seem like they're taking it out on you. They probably are. They don't know any different. If your children come to you and they're angry and they're upset and they start giving you attitude because we know that doesn't fly very well. If my children come home and they say, you know, my daughter came home and I've shared this story before and I'll share it again. My daughter came home. She was very upset. I can see her walking up the stairs just in a rage and I was on my way out for a cigarette. And so I walked away and I went for my cigarette. I'm like, I'm going to give her a few minutes to go to the bathroom, but she needs to, I'm just, I'm going to walk away for a few minutes. And I come back in and she starts laying into me the minute I walk in the house about how I didn't say hi to her. And I was like, oh, hold on right now. Hold now. Because as soon as you come at me, I'm going to come back at you and it's not going to be pretty. And I'm most likely going to. Um. And so I turned to her and I said, I understand that you were in a pissy mood. You are absolutely allowed to be in a pissy mood. I don't care why. I don't care what happened. You were allowed to be in a pissy mood. I said, the difference is, is that you are not allowed to take that mood out on me. I am not the cause of that mood. You do not get to take it out on me. And if you do choose to take it out on me, then I have the right to take it back out on you. You don't want that. I right. said, so if you need time to go and relax, to go calm your emotions, to read, to watch a show, to listen to music, to go scream in your pillow, to have a cool shower, whatever it is you need to do to right. calm your emotions. And I give her a lot of options to do that. You need to calm your emotions. When you're ready, I will be here. Until right. then, it is not safe to talk to you. And I do that to my children. Now, I absolutely get triggered. I am volatile and vindictive. Oh, I'm nasty. But I hold it. I know how to control it. So when I'm in a mood, and trust me, I get in them. My kids will tell you, if you turn around and ask my 7, 13, 19, 18-year-olds, if you ask any single one of my kids, what does mom do when she's in a bad mood? What does she say to you? And the first thing they'll reply is, I'm in a bad mood. I do not want to say or do anything that's going to hurt your feelings. Because when I'm in this mood, I don't care about your feelings or how badly I hurt you. That is the goal. I said, you need to leave me alone. I need to be on a timeout until I am calm and ready to talk. Absolutely. Because and that's perfect. That's what we expect from them as well. Mm -hmm. So we should be giving that in return. Yes, yep. absolutely. We need to remember that it's a two-way mutual street. If yes, somebody asks you to do something and you say, not right now, give me five minutes. I'm just in the middle of something. If your kids say that to you, you need to respect that too. Absolutely. Yes. Children. <laughs> it is, but it always is, right? Yes. Our children need to know that they are individuals. They have rights. They deserve respect. They deserve responsibility. They're not allowed to get away with everything. There are consequences and cause and effect to every choice that they make. They need to learn that. But they need to mm -hmm. learn that from calm. They need to learn how to process. They need to learn how to be a fully functioning human being. Yes. Absolutely. And if you don't know how to do that, yep. come, the only come talk to me. Your parents. <laughs> so... Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. My son is going through some serious stuff right now and I'm just holding it steady for him, letting him, you know, do his thing. My daughter is uh, five, so she's kind of getting the hang of stuff now and she does push her limits and do her buttons and, you know, all that great jazz, but she also can calm herself down now. We're at the, we're at a space where, you know, if she gets too hyper or emotional and I can ask her to take a deep breath. That is all I have to say. And she will stop herself completely, close her eyes 
and breathe like four or five times and then she's calm. So we've instilled that lately, which has been amazing. Now I just need to get my son to do it. Um, but yes, I, I am very happy that you are a conscious parent because I'm trying so hard to be also a conscious parent, conscious of not only them, but myself. Um, and then teaching them to grow through everything, like in, in a positive way of a beautiful a beautiful way i just want them to be safe i want them to know that they're loved that is it <laughs> i just want them to know no matter what you can come here you can talk to me there's not going to be anything that you do or say that's going to make me unlove you so that's it that's all we need and that's all i ever needed and i didn't really get until i was almost an adult already mm -hmm and had to do it for myself. So that full circle, yeah, is uh, intense. I did get a beautiful mother though. I did get a beautiful adopted mother and actually my birth mother and adopted mothers, their birthdays are one day apart. Oh, wow. So they're even the same size. I know. <laughs> and our relationship is beautiful. And it's so, it's interesting to see the dynamics of how much they're similar. Yeah. Yep. I adopted my own mama. That yeah, one good. Her sons are threatening to take her away from me right now and move her across the country. And I'm like, don't even think about it. Leave <laughs> my mama alone. Yeah. Fight to the nail. No. Um, whatever she wants, obviously, because individual people, right? We need what we need. Choice. Um, Remember? Yeah, my my kids, one of the things that I tell them is I unconditionally love you. There's nothing that's nothing you can do is going to change the way I feel about you. Um, well, my love for you, I said, but I don't have to like you all the time. And there are days where I don't like you. Mm -hmm. And that's OK. There are days you're not going to like me. And that's mm -hmm. totally OK. <laughs> but I will love you always. Right. Yes. And I think that's the difference. And I think if the world just practiced a little bit more unconditional love and realized what we're doing for our children and how we're raising them, we're, we're going to get another influx of boomers. We're going to have another, it's going to be boomer 2023. <laughs> we're going to have a boomer generation again. And our, I don't know if our economics are going to handle that. So Foster care, adoption, know what it is that you're getting into. Know that you can mentally and emotionally handle what it is that those children are facing and be able to help foster them, foster healthy yes. relationship, foster, you know, away awareness and, you know, self-love, right? Even just teaching them how to love themselves and know that they are always going to be culpable to themselves accountable yes. to themselves right and let them let them process yes absolutely be the parent that they need yeah. be that and not it. what you want to be yes exactly and as always give yourself some grace it doesn't yes, matter whether you are a birth adopted or foster parent give yourself some grace you are not going to be perfect. None of us are perfect. We are never going to be perfect. We all just need to try and do our very best. Yes. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we go? I know we kind of went all over the place. So. Oh, I know. I love that though, because that's how my brain works. <laughs> um, I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciated it. Absolutely. This was really awesome. Honestly, I'm glad we got to voice how we feel today. So for sure. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. All right, just a family. If today's episode, if you think that there's a topic or something in here that you want elaborated on that you want to see as a featured topic on the show, or if you just have a featured topic that you want to see on the show, reach out at justalivetv.com. Um, if you'd like to be a guest speaker on the show, you can do that as well at justalivetv.com. Like and follow and share on your social media platforms. We are on majority of them under Just Alive TV. 
Um, today's sponsor is a Phoenix Identity. We are hosting a five-day free challenge. It's called the Empowered Warrior Women's Challenge. It is helping you understand the five ways that you are giving up your power and how you can start taking it back now. So join that. There is also a VIP option that is going to allow you to have the Warrior Women After Hours um, of the challenge. So you get a little bit of Q&A and, and uh, group session with me and any other members who join the VIP. So check that out, link in the description. If you'd like to connect with either myself or Hannah, please do so again, our links are in the description. I am your host, Melissa Kretschler, and I will see all of you on the next episode. Thanks again, Hannah. Yes, bye. bye.